Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, guys, Alex is at work. Got called in today. Matt's on his honeymoon. What the hell am I supposed to do now? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. I am Brandon. Matt's not here. He is on his honeymoon. Alex got called into work today. I didn't want to take the time to try to get somebody else to come on, so I am riding solo for today. Well, I had this happen a couple of times recently. I know it was Matt last time, and now it's just me sitting on my back porch. Thinking about Hurricanes hockey for the first time in a while, I feel like it's something I've tried not to do. I haven't even written about it yet, actually, as of this recording. Um, and this is going to be one of those rare occasions you guys actually get the podcast on the day that we record, which would have been nice for days that we had like games and stuff so that we didn't, it wasn't outdated, you know. Uh, but, oh well. Um, so, we are going to talk about... What went wrong? We are going to do a brief look ahead to the offseason. Obviously, we're going to have a ton of stuff. You know, I don't want to take too much away from what we're going to talk about because I'm sure Matt and Alex are going to have their thoughts as well. So it's, it's going to be a shorter podcast. I'm just going to get some thoughts out there and we're going to pack up ship and get out of here. So first things first, obviously, things kind of ended in a very, very sour note, actually, about the worst possible way it could end, getting blown out in Game 7 on home ice in a game where the Hurricanes, unfortunately, completely failed to show up. I swear I'm not going to keep talking about this every single episode, but when I went on 99.9 The Fan, I was doing Storm Watching Aftermath. Uh, those of you who were gave, gave me a lot of support, I really appreciate that, by the way. But something I said was two things they had to do. It really boded well for their cause anyway one was get an early goal score first play from ahead lock things down we know how good the hurricanes are when they did that and the other thing stay out of the box do not give up a first period power play goal uh they didn't do either and from that point on i'm I, I hate to say it, but when the Rangers scored first, I kind of figured it was over. I, I know that like sounds crazy. Plenty of things can happen. And when, especially when they went down to nothing, it's like now you're chasing the game against a big, strong defense where you haven't gotten to the middle of the ice. You haven't gotten to the dirty areas against them. And now you're going to have to try to chase the game against them and the best goalie on the planet right now. It just wasn't a good scenario for them to 
succeed in and and they didn't obviously uh you know a couple garbage time goals notwithstanding max domi is going to be the one that scores the last goal for the 2021 22 carolina hurricanes which i find pretty funny but yeah i i mean where, where do you even start with a game like that they they just didn't have it and they picked the worst time to not have it and that was the most shocking thing to me because it's like ever since brenda moore has gotten here that team has seemed to get up when it matters most Game sevens, they're flawless. I mean, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's that says since they moved to North Carolina. Or it might even, I, I don't remember the exact second, it might even be including the Hartford days. I know they were 7-0 entering that game. The biggest problem to me, really, is that so many of the issues this team had in this round, they're things that this organization is built on. Heart, winning battles, forechecking, like all those things were just absent. They didn't have the battle in them to get to the dirty areas, to do the little things you have to do. And I know it, it's it's not easy going against the New York Rangers blue line. you got to know where Jacob Truba is at all time. I'm not going to talk about Seth Jarvis too much because it'll probably make me mad all over again. But, it, it, you know, it's not just him. It, Ryan Lindgren was really good in this series. Keandre Miller was extremely impressive with his size and skating ability. And he just – he almost made some Slavin-like plays where he just has that long reach – that long straight skating stride. He's really, really moves well for a big man. I, I, I'm the kid's got a super bright future. And then of course you got guys like Adam Fox, who I, I didn't think defensively was actually all that great. But you got Justin Braun too, who's been in this league a long time. He's a veteran defenseman. He's tough to play against. He carves out space in front of his own net and doesn't let you get position. Braden Schneider's in the same vein. You know he's still young, and he had his struggles over the course of the series. Gerard Gallant chose not to use him a lot, but. He's a physical defenseman. It's tough to carve out space against, once again. So, you know, you got to give them credit. The New York Rangers were really good. They outplayed the Hurricanes at least in five of the games, probably more. They deserve to move on. And we saw what they did to the Lightning in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, I was even making jokes about the Lightning are going to absolutely destroy them. And, and it's, there's a good chance that that still happens. Um, it, it's tough to play in the playoffs and bring that intensity when you haven't played in multiple days and the lightning had a long break, the Rangers were still kind of in desperation mode and they brought the intensity better than the lightning did in game one. But, and, 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 you know, incidentally, that's something that we always talk about how the hurricanes struggle after long breaks. Same reason. They play such an up-tempo style, a, a very, well, we thought was a playoff style. And, and I still think it is despite the way they played in this year's playoffs but they play such a fast forechecking, high intensity game that it, it can be hard to match that level right away when they haven't played in a few days. So I think that's why they often struggle when they haven't played in a while. Um, but anyway, it's disappointing, man. The Hurricane Stars failed to show up. Sebastian Ajo was disappointing. Andre Svechnikov was disappointing. Martin Natchez is probably out the door, probably played his last game as a Hurricane. That's my take anyway, especially after his comments the other day. The whole thing is very weird to me where he was saying, oh, me and Rye got to trust each other more and saying things about he wanted to play more, it seemed like. And it's like, dude, you've been in the top six the majority of the year. You get power play time. You not producing has nothing to do with Rod Brindamore. I, th- I think Adam Gold was the one that said any other coach, he would have been benched. He would have been in the press box at points this year. And he wasn't. So I kind of missed me with that, to be honest. Uh, like, I, I just, I, I don't think that's, 
a very good take for him. And, and I, I don't know. I, he also said something about wanting to play center. I don't think he plays the game to be a center in this system. Maybe whoever his next team will be in a few weeks uh, will be more willing to try him out there. That kind of leads me into the offseason. It's going to be a fascinating one. Again, I, I don't want to take too much away because I'm going to have some overlap if I, you know, tell you exactly who I think the Hurricanes should go after this summer. But we will talk about what they need to do. A point I'm actually making, you know, it's a little sneak peek for you because I'm actually, you know, just started writing or I'm about to start writing on this piece today. I, I, I kind of outlined it uh, this morning. But I think it needs to be a repeat of last offseason in the way that the Hurricanes identified the goaltending position as the one they needed to overhaul. They didn't trust Alex Nadelkovich. They wanted a veteran presence in the net that they could win a Stanley Cup with. And I think they succeeded in that thing. You know, the, the goaltending is not the reason the Hurricanes fell short in these playoffs. The area of need is the forward core now. They need to have, I, I guess you call it an overhaul of that position. You know, you don't need to start from scratch and trade away Aho or, you know, Tara Vinan or Sveshnikov or Jarvis or anybody like that. Those four guys are the really good makings of a top six. You know, two-thirds of a top six is what it is. Who are you going to add to supplement that? This team, and we've said this for years now, they need a finisher that when they're not producing, you know, when they're not creating, when they're not getting to their game, is still a threat to score. They need a guy, and, and look, I, I love the idea of Philip Forsberg coming here. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, that's like, it's just too much money he's going to want and not enough cap space. The Hurricanes do have a lot of guys coming off the books. We'll have to see what they do with Nino Niederreiter and Vincent Trocek and sadly Tony D'Angelo, although he did seem to be n- – the post he posts, I think it was on Instagram or something. I don't know if he's allowed on Instagram. I don't know which ones he got banned from. But anyway, he said something. It kind of sounded like a goodbye. You know, I'm not going to pull it up and read off the whole quote, but it sounded like he was very much saying goodbye to the Canes fan base. I, I could be wrong. He could just be saying that, you know, just in case kind of thing. But it looks like his, and it's only a million dollars, but it looks like that might be coming off the books too. So add that to the pool. The Hurricanes are going to have some cap room this offseason. So maybe they can go after a big fish like Phil Forsberg. But that's the kind of player they need to be targeting. They need a star finisher. They have mostly playmakers in their top six. You know, Andre Svechnikov kind of does both, but even he's not really become the pure finisher I kind of hoped he would be. And, and there's still time. What is he, 22 years old? He's not peaked yet. Um, you can even make a case that Ajo hasn't peaked yet. So these guys are still going to get better. But, you know, like I said, most of the top six, they're playmakers. Tavo Teravainen is past first, second, third, and fourth. Svech and Ajo, kind of both, kind of like Svechnikov. They, they kind of both, they can make plays and they can score goals, but neither of them are like the pure finishers that, you know, they get over the blue line and they threaten the goalie with a shot when they're one on three. The Hurricanes don't really have that. They haven't had that in a long time. You know, I I guess I could say like who Eric Stahl maybe, and and even he was like, he used his reach. He was really good around the net. He was a good scorer, but I don't know if he was a pure finisher. They need a sniper. They need a guy that can straight up create something out of nothing and score goals, again, outside of the flow of their system. 
That's what's going to take this team to the next step. Look at Nika's advantage at. That dude can score anytime he is inside the offensive blue line. Chris Kreider. That guy can score anytime he's in the offensive blue line because of his speed mostly and the way he gets to the front of the net. Hurricanes do not have enough of that. And it bit them in the ass in the series. They got some guys in the minors that I, I think are going to push for spots next year. Um, Jack Drury is when the Wolves play their last game of this postseason, he's going to be playing his last game in the AHL. Um, you know, and, and you never know who takes that step in the offseason. Uh, a guy like Jamison Reese could come out and be ready next year. You never know. He hasn't had a great year, but he's come on strong late. He's been good in the playoffs. He's a guy that could take that step. You never know. And he brings that style. You guys know how I feel about him. Like that's a kind of, that's the kind of player that could help this team a lot. He doesn't really have that finishing touch that we're looking for, but he's still a guy that, you know, that intensity he plays with, he's a guy that's going to be a playoff performer. And we're seeing that right now for the Wolves. Um, And and then defensively, we got a lot of questions too, because a D'Angelo maybe did price himself out. You know, I talked about that just a second ago. He could be looking for some money. He should, I saw somebody tweet the other day. It's like friendly reminder that Tony D'Angelo should be on the uh, like year three, year two or three of a $60 million contract or something like that on talent level. They're absolutely right. Um, but with that said, maybe he's, you know, he could very well be looking for the money. He, you know, you only have a finite amount of time in this league. He needs to make his money at some point and the hurricanes, I don't know. Maybe they do try to sign him. I, I have no idea what they're going to do with him. I, it's, it's, I think it's risky because it's going to eat up a lot of that cap space they need to use to improve the forwards. But the problem with that is, then who's your power play quarterback? It's like you solve that one hole, you're going to open up another. And the power play, I mean, Jesus Christ, like we could spend all you know the rest of this podcast talking about that. Power play, you know, that's reason number, you know, well, it goes hand in hand with the forwards being the reason they lost. But you can't go into next year without some big changes to your system and probably to your personnel on the power play. I know everybody's calling for Jeff Daniels' head, and I kind of was too. I did see somebody saying something about not renewing their season tickets on account of Jeff Daniels, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm not going to renew my season tickets because of an underperforming assistant coach anyway uh so yeah that'll be fascinating to see i, I something i'm definitely going to be watching for when october shows around it's like you know or even this offseason because you know they could be making some moves with the power play in mind they need a power play performer again i don't want to jump into a bunch of names we're gonna have <laughs> we got months to do that at this point um and the only one I threw out was Phil Forsberg. And, and again, that's a guy that would really solve it. You put him on the left side of that power play, bomb one-timers, much like we just saw Mika's advantage had destroy the Hurricanes doing. I, I, the Rangers look back at those power plays in the postseason. How many times? Look at game seven, the first goal they scored. The Hurricanes dominated the first, what, minute 40 of that power play? Rangers barely got any zone time. They get, barely got any zone time. They make one little play, and then they have an elite player. Adam Fox walks in, wires a shot, boom, goal. The second power play, 11 seconds in. They get it to Zabanajad. Kreider gets to the front of the net, tip angle. It's not like they have some crazy good system. 
They just have players that make the right plays and are dangerous in the offensive zone. And they can make one little quick play and boom, you got a goal. That is what the Carolina Hurricanes are missing right now. And that should be priority number one in this offseason and the area that they are determined to not lose again because of next year, much like they were with the goalies this past season. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break. I need to grab some water. And while we do that, we're going to take a quick second and get a word from DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes or wherever you catch our podcast for important details. And we're back. All right, guys. Um, It is Friday, and we have a heck of a playoff series starting tonight. And that's going to be the Western Conference Finals and the AHL between the Chicago Wolves and Stockton Heat. Now, these were the best two teams in the league in the entire AHL during the regular season. Uh, the Wolves went 50-16-5. and five, Or how the hell do they do the... Uh, so they went 50-16-5-5. and five. You know, so I don't know why they have two different categories for overtime losses and shootout losses in the AHL, but five overtime losses and five shootout losses, so basically 10 overtime losses. And the Stockton Heat went 45-16-5-2. Uh, they played eight fewer games, which another thing, I don't really understand the weird scheduling down there where it's 76 games for some teams, 68 for others, and 72 for others. And Anyway, uh, the Wolves did by points percentage, which is how they track it in the AHL. They did by points percentage win the entire league, but this is a Stockton t- Heat team that is going to be a very, very tough out, and we are going to see some very, very high-end hockey down there. Um, Stockton's got a couple form or uh, a couple first round picks on that roster. Connor Zary from 2021 was a player I really liked. Um, he's had a good rookie year in the AHL, even though he was 19 when the season started. And they have Jakob Peltier as well, who is another guy that I've really enjoyed watching. Very, very talented offensive player, first rounder in 2020. Um, that is going to they're they're gonna be a problem especially when they have Dustin Wolf in net. Um, Dustin Wolf has been one of the best goalies in the AHL this year. 924 save percentage. Uh, He's going to be a test for the Wolves. That whole team is. But the Wolves are also playing at an extremely high level right now. They're 6-1 and in the playoffs, which actually I'm pretty sure the Heat are as well. Once again, you know, this has been the story all year, much like it was with the Hurricanes. They're getting contributions from all over the lineup, which I guess is the difference from the Hurricanes because in the playoffs, they did not get that. Uh, Stefan Nason has 13 points. Excuse me, Josh Levo has 13 points, six goals and seven assists in the playoffs in seven games. He's been very, very good. Jameson Reese has come on nicely. I, t- I mentioned him earlier. Jack Drury is tied for second on the team in points with nine. He's been stellar in the postseason. So the Hurricanes may be out, but it is not time to quit watching hockey. We still have some good stuff going on down there. 
that team's prime for a Calder Cup run. I, I really believe that. They've got all the pieces. Um, just an impressive hockey team. Again, that's something we'll talk a lot more about next week. Matt's, have, Matt's gotten to watch them more than I have, I'm sure. Maybe not this week, considering he's been out on his honeymoon, which again, by the way, buddy, congratulations. If you even listen to this, you probably won't. But <laughs> um, we'll definitely talk about that some more. You know, the next time we meet, they'll actually be in this series with the Stockton Heat. So we'll definitely have some games to recap from that. I will be watching a little more regularly now. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that. So, I'm not going to keep it here too much longer. Um, it was a great year, man. Like, best regular season in franchise history. You can't tell me you didn't have a ton of fun watching this team. And, and, and feel the hurt. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you you shouldn't be disappointed because you totally should be. Um, this team should have gone further. I, I believe that as well. Uh, they had every piece they needed and they i mean sometimes sports are like that man like you know if, if we knew everything that was going to happen it wouldn't be very fun would it i didn't expect my boston celtics to be in the nba finals right now and with a one nothing lead on the golden state warriors so they were terrible all the way through like january they were like under 500 and blew like a 15 point fourth quarter lead to the new york knicks how does that happen to a team that's you know potentially going to win an NBA title long series to go, obviously. And Steph Curry's going to probably make some things happen, but still the hurricanes are in a fantastic spot. Like they're still young. They've got some cap room to play with this off season. They need to bring back Nino Niederreiter, which that's another tweet. I should, or I, I don't know if it was a tweet, but another social media post that I should talk about was his little winky face. See you soon. Kenny I'm going to choose to take that positively. Because the Hurricanes desperately need him back. He's one of those few guys that does those little things, wins battles in the corners, gets to the dirty areas, and bangs in goals. You know, we're talking about this is what the Hurricanes need more of. Letting that go would certainly not be the best move. It would be quite detrimental, in fact. I'll be interested to see what the Hurricanes do with both him and Trocek, but I I definitely expect Nino to be back. I I think he likes it here. The Hurricanes obviously love him. They had one of the best third lines in hockey this year. So they need to keep that band intact. It's going to be a really fun offseason all around. Like there's, there's just a lot of moves that could potentially be made. There are some good free agents that fit what they need. I think Don Waddell and Tom Dunner are going to be very aggressive and fix some of those holes that the Hurricanes were haunted by this year. If they get a little more punch offensively, I think this team can absolutely win the Stanley Cup next year. And if they don't, they're still well positioned to do it real soon. It's a good team. They're gonna have they got their goalie of the future in Piotr Kochetkov. He struggled in the playoffs, whatever. He's 22 years old. He just got to North Car- North America, excuse me. Um, and he got thrown in cold against a team with a lot of confidence. Which, by the way, you notice the way every time he came in, the Rangers smelled blood and went right after him and ended up scoring like right when he went in. That's the kind of killer instinct the Carolina Hurricanes need. When they went up 2-0 in this series, they should have capitalized. I, I know I've like finished talking about this like three different times now and keep going back to it, but I still feel like that's an important point to make. They need to have that mentality where they're not going to let a team off the hook. They did it in the first round with Boston, and then they did it again with the New York Rangers, which I said all along, you cannot do that to them with that goalie in the net. And they're just too good of a team. They were too evenly matched. 
His momentum was too important. They went up 2 nothing. They had to take one of the two in New York. That's probably where the series was lost. Because after that, when they go to New York and take both, you get into a 2-2 series. Now you're in a best of three with the best goalie on the planet. Never should have happened. You're tempting fate. You, you never know. Playoffs are too unpredictable. Hockey is too unpredictable. It, it's just it never should have happened. That, to me, was the series. It wasn't game seven. They lost the game in game four, probably. Game three and game four. Anyway. I'm going to wrap it up. Guys, I, I really thank you so much for all the support we've gotten this year. We've grown a lot. Um, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned coming up. We're going to try to start doing some like live stuff, too. Um, you know, we had talked about doing it during the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out. You know, maybe just like setting up a booth and doing a live show. Um, kind of like I was doing at 99.9 The Fan, which, you know, obviously that was also in the way. But Matt getting married and everything else is something we want to do at some point. Um, Alex can like FaceTime us or something. Anyway, uh, I know we don't have a comment section or anything, but go on Twitter. Add us on Twitter. Tell us what your biggest need this offseason is. Give us a few players you want to target. Do whatever. I don't care. Interact with us. We don't tweet from that account enough. So, well, uh, now that it's the offseason and they're not even playing, we'll get those engagements back up on the Twitter. If you're not following us yet, you should at TTS underscore pod. My name is Brandon Stanley. You can follow me at BWStanley26. <sighs> I'm going to go take a nap. I'm tired. Playoffs have been exhausting. I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll have the band back together next week. Uh, hopefully at least two of us anyway. You know, it always seems like there's something lately. It's tough to get all three of us on at one time, man. I mean, I'm working full time now. Alex works. Matt works. Matt's married now. You know how it goes. But anyway, appreciate you stopping by. We'll talk soon. And as my good friend Matthew Soma always says... It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.